I'd been meaning to put up our interviews and all these other special talks uh, about catch wrestling up on some sort of uh, podcast platform, and I'd actually been looking around, and um, now I think Anchor.fm is uh, probably one of the best bets for you. Uh, you the inter- user interface has actually gotten much better. Um, it's free. They also have all these different tools, that, which I think work much better than they used to, uh, to edit and everything, so you can uh, put up a nice podcast, which we'll get more into later, so hopefully everything gets smoother later on. Um, also, they distribute your podcast for you, so it shows up on Spotify, Apple, uh, Google Podcasts, everything like that, and you can also get sponsorships. So uh, go ahead and check it out. All right, hello everybody. Welcome. I'm Raul, and we're keeping real wrestling alive here on the Catch Wrestling Alliance channel. Uh, thank you for joining me. So uh, this week's topic is the late great Martin Farmer Burns uh, discussing self defense again. So um, we I did a video uh, I think last year about um, like Mar- Farmer Burns' views on self defense. Um, like his tips on self-defense. And so that was from uh, his book, like the life work of Farmer Burns. But uh, I want to give you his points of view on self-defense from his correspondence course. So this is one of the things that um, he did, um, which is in a way, it's kind of like what we do with our online Catch Wrestling Alliance Academy. Uh, So what he did a long time ago in the early 1900s was he made a correspondence course. So uh, like if you didn't live in Iowa near him, then uh, he would mail you uh, like, you know, pictures and instructional stuff and tips on different things. So he also uh, gave you tips on like exercises and uh, uh, even uh, tips on like, you know, basically how to live your life. And one of the things he talked about was self-defense. And in particular, uh, in one of the correspondence courses, he talked about jujitsu, self-defense, and their relation to wrestling. So this comes from, actually, you can get this version of this book, or basically uh, someone compiled all of the, all of the uh, lessons together, and they put it into one volume. So I'll go ahead and show you, it's the Lessons in Wrestling and Physical Culture. So this was Farmer Burns' correspondence course. And so someone put them, you know, Xeroxed them and whatever, made copies and put them all together in one volume. Now you can definitely get on Amazon. Uh, Definitely, definitely. And it shouldn't be expensive like uh, the other book because I think the other book's like, you know, definitely out of print and uh, kind of rare. So this one you can totally find. You can uh, look all this stuff up yourself. Um, and you can complain to me about it later, <laughs> right? So, but what I want uh, people to understand is that um, he has a very different understanding of jujitsu, self-defense, and wrestling. And I think nowadays, because of the way wrestling has uh, kind of been neutered over the decades, or especially since Farmer Burns was was wrestling, that nowadays people's understanding of what amateur wrestling really is. Um, is not exactly the way Farmer Burns would think about wrestling, right? So, and that that is very problematic, right? So, just kind of take a trip back in time to 
uh, probably around like 1915, maybe 1912, uh, and we'll give you Farmer Burns' um, point of view on self-defense and jujitsu. And one other thing about you, well, we'll give you a couple things about what he's going to talk about with some modern research and um, kind of like if, if you talk about like the time that we're talking about, some things were like didn't, didn't even exist that people take for granted nowadays. So let's get into it, right? So I want to kind of read a couple passages. It's actually, um, I'll, I'll kind of, I'll show you here. It's like basically the, his, his exposition or whatever, his is only two pages long, but it's actually really, really packed with stuff that I'm assuming is gonna make people really hurt <laughs> or really upset. So, but let's get into it, okay? So in lesson, uh, lesson 12 in his, in his correspondence courses, so it's entitled Jiu-Jitsu, Self-Defense and Their Relation to Wrestling. Uh, he first of all explains this, you know, the term Jiu-Jitsu is from Japanese language. Um, and of course it's the Japanese uh, form of self-defense, right? So why doesn't he mention the Brazilians? Because when we're talking about, you know, the 1910s, nobody, like Gracie Jiu-Jitsu was established and it was around 1925, guys. So, um, and and no, the, like the Gracies didn't like revolutionize Jiu-Jitsu or anything like that. What they did was, well, actually Farmer Burns is going to explain it later. But so then just so you know that, um, at this time, when people are talking about jujitsu, they're really thinking about like the Japanese, right? So, uh, all right, let's go ahead and continue. It says, so in my opinion, so this is former Burns talking. In my opinion, there is very little so-called jujitsu teaching that is not included in a full and complete knowledge of catch as catch can wrestling. There are, of course, a few holds and defense such as the throttle hold and strangle hold that are not used in wrestling, yet these holds are generally understood by the thoroughly trained wrestler. As a matter of fact, I have already shown you some of my wrestling holds as a number of methods of making a man powerless that are advocated in jujitsu. So basically, uh, of course, doesn't mean that, um, like how he's saying, it's like, doesn't mean that wrestlers didn't know chokes, but in professional catches catch can wrestling, uh, they were barred. So his point is is that like, well, everyone really knows them. You know, there's nothing really new going on uh, with jujitsu. But again, wrestling at that time and jujitsu. So a lot of people are trying to say, oh, you know, when someone tries to say that uh, uh, catch wrestling is just jujitsu and wrestling mixed together, it's still not. And you'll see even with what Farmer Burns is saying. For him, it's not. They're, they're different things, right? So even though they're both grappling, um, they, they're still different. And when you look at some of these old books, they're, um, especially some, and he'll talk about some of the old books, but when you see pictures, which I, I don't really have for you right now, but see pictures of a lot of the old Japanese uh, jujitsu books, they're not doing a lot of wrestling fundamentals. And that's one of the major uh, things that you can look at as evidence that they're stylistically different, right? Even though they share like double wrist lock and stuff like that. 
Okay. Um, so he goes on to say, I also wish to say that from a personal examination of many of the jujitsu books that more than half of the holds contained in these books are not practical and are very easily defeated by one thoroughly trained in wrestling. Right. So that's probably enough to make a modern jujitsu person really upset. But um, again, a lot of these real catch wrestling fundamentals can get you out of a lot of submission attempts. Yeah, I think we can kind of leave that at, at that. So we'll let Farmer Burns continue to speak. So aside from the throat holds and the system of striking sharp blows on certain parts of the body, there's nothing new to be learned in jujitsu for the expert catch-as-catch-can wrestler. Um, personally, I, I have to agree uh, with that because a lot of, basically, personal, like my personal experience, you know, wrestling and no-gi a lot, um, I'm mostly just uh, uh, doing catch wrestling and, uh, you know, I don't really have to use rubber guard or anything like that. Uh, and even when people try to use rubber guard against me, it, it's using catch wrestling fundamentals. You really shut, uh, shut down a lot of, a lot of uh, these types of unique, ju uniquely jujitsu type attacks, right? Okay, so he, he goes on, uh, this, this part I'm gonna skip because he just kind of breaks down uh, some of the, the things in his book or the books that he's read about like uh, jujitsu jiu chops, right? So he talks about like the different parts of the body that uh, someone might strike with the, with the jujitsu chop. So let's go ahead and skip that. So it's just a couple paragraphs. Uh, and then I wanna get to the, where he gets back to the, the meat of his opinions, right? Okay, in the present uh, book of lessons, I shall show you quite a number of self-defense holds, but many of these are also wrestling holds. Any plan of attack that will make a man powerless is good self-defense. And the student who has practiced long and carefully my methods of wrestling will have very little difficulty in defending himself against the Japanese system. Right, so he has two things that he talks about here. So not only being su successful at, like say com competing against jujitsu, uh, but also self-defense, right? So wrestling, again, was included as part of the army combatives uh, around World War One. Uh, you had like, guys like Tom Jenkins uh, at West Point. You also had later Earl Caddick, um, I think around World War II, no, it's probably World War One. Yeah, World War One. Because it's still around the, uh, still really recent around where uh, after after uh, uh, Frank Gotch passed away. Um, so yeah, you had a few like big time catch wrestlers working on training uh, the the military, and they were using a lot of they were using catch wrestling because they were catch wrestlers. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of uh, things with regards to subduing, like you, uh, like we say, control and restraining someone. So you can control their body, you restrain them, keep them from moving. Uh, a, lot, a lot of days now, now people all think of like, oh, I just want to get a rear naked choke and just choke the person out, and that's how I'm going to restrain someone. 
but it, it gets a little dicey with legally with if you're doing that to, to random people on the on the street uh, it can be beneficial like if someone's if you, if you like there was an incident here in Los Angeles this was a few years ago but um, we have we're trying to install rail railways again to kind of like little some parts some parts of it are subway some parts is like a little bit of like light rail and uh someone was getting really aggressive and kind of threatening a lot of people on on the train and then uh someone snuck up behind that person and choked them out right and um so it made the news and everyone saw it but there, there's the potential that say like if someone's acting out that again it could be some like drug reaction, or it could be even some, uh, uh, some medical emergency that makes people act, act out. So choking them out could potentially kill them. So it's a little, uh, it's, a, it's a little risky to just be choking everyone out. All right. So I just want to put that out there because Farmer Burns is in particular talking about self-defense uh, as well in this paragraph. So you got to be careful rear naked choking everybody because uh, sometimes uh, it, it, it can backfire on you. <laughs> okay, so okay, so we're going to continue on with um, what he's what he's saying. And so he gives a little bit of his personal experience here. So he says, I have personally wrestled with the greatest Japanese experts, permitting them to use any and all holds that they wished not even barring their so-called deadly throttle and strangle holds. In these contests, I have invariably won without losing a single point, and this should be conclusive proof of the fact that the knowledge of American wrestling is the best of all knowledge for self-protection. I would add to the wrestling, however, the strangle and other throat holds and a number of plain holds that are barred in wrestling, but can of course be used for self-protection. For nothing is barred when it comes to protecting yourself against the attack of a vicious man. All right, so um, uh, basically, um, you know, like if yeah, if someone's really attacking you, perhaps you know you might have to like choke them out, right? <laughs> so, but the thing is, uh, again, he's uh, he's saying that. Yeah, every like a, a well-trained wrestler definitely needs to know all these things, and a well-trained wrestler should already know these things. Uh, so, uh, like someone were to a, a, an attempt a, a stranglehold on the well-trained wrestler, it shouldn't be a problem, but it could be in the arsenal of the well-trained wrestler against someone who might attack, right, in a self-defense situation, right. So, definitely possible. Um, but again, he doesn't necessarily um, doesn't necessarily think too highly of the chokes anyway, even though he knows them. Because even in his other self-defense uh, chapter and his other book, really there's no real mention even of chokes. Because they talk about uh, controlling and restraining a person more so than choking them out. Because you want to basically you know, get the weapon away. You want to control them. So, so just in case they're attacking you with a weapon, control them, take them down restrain them, remove weapon, stuff like that. That's kind of his, his way of thinking based on what I'm reading and based off of the, the self-defense training, uh, combative training that I've done 
a lot of times that's the way they think. They're not necessarily thinking about, oh, I'm going to choke everyone out because, um, you know, there's a bunch of different things to take into consideration with that. Okay, so let's go ahead and just continue. It's just a, uh, let me just, let me uh, get a drink. Okay. So Farmer Burns continues. All these paragraphs are pretty good, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read all of them to you. <laughs> so, so I hope you don't mind. Okay. Um, if you wish to train yourself in this small department of self-defense, you can, from the above suggestions, work out the valuable points of the system without further instructions, right? In the various throat holds which have been shown you and which will be shown you in this lesson, cover the real valuable parts of jujitsu. And while they have several other methods of securing throat holds, yet all of them, except the ones shown you, are easily broken and do not amount to much when used against a trained man. The reason that jiu-jitsu has been so much overrated is because the subject has been advertised and the special points and holds emphasized. While, as a matter of fact, there is very little new in the subject for anyone who has made a study of physical culture, wrestling, and American self-defense. Oh my goodness! Don't be mad at me. It's Farmer Burns. It's Farmer, <laughs> Farmer Burns talking. Um, so basically, what he says again: well-trained wrestler, especially in in this style at this time, at this time period. Uh, again, the rules of catch wrestling, besides just barring chokes, right? So basically, you're just barring guillotine, what bulldog choke, uh, uh, rear naked choke. Ultimately, it's that. That's all you're really doing. So. All these other things are legal, right? So it's very much more aggressive, right? And uh, very dangerous. Um, so um, what he's saying is that these types of things like chokes and a lot of times um, this has become through advertising uh, like such a big deal for people or, or it might become more well-known, right? But he says it's through advertising that jujitsu has become overrated, right? And, um, but again, so we see like, I know, so I've talked about it before and people have gotten upset, but I mean, uh, even the first UFC was marketing for jujitsu, right? So, um, that, so he has evidence that is, or basically what he says still has evidence throughout the decades, right? And that resonates still to, still to today. And I want to take this moment to, uh, <clears throat> point out some modern research that just came out. Uh, this is a bit, let me see, <clears throat> I have it. So this is on combatsportslaw.com. Uh, let me see. So the article is called Physician Reviews and an Analysis, oh, Physician Reviews and Analyzes All Choke Submissions in UFC History, right? So it kind of breaks down all the chokes. Of course, rear naked choke is the most uh, common choke that, um, that ended a fight. But in all, amongst all the, the UFC fights, or all the MMA fights in UFC history, choking comprises only 15.5% of fight outcomes, right? So we make a big deal out of it, out of chokes, 
but only 15.5% of all the fights you've seen from UFC in particular, but it's because it's, you know, I think uh, it's a good measure because uh, it's been around a long time. You've seen these other uh, promotions come and go. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's been more MMA fights that are in existence, but one of the main, the main staple or the main, you know, mega UF, uh, mega MMA giants is UFC, and they've had several fights throughout the years. Um, so 15.5%. And then of course, of these, uh, you know, of course, the majority are rear naked choke. So that's the other thing. So it's like when people complain that Gary Tonnen didn't get that rear naked choke because of the gloves, it's like, uh, excuse me, <laughs> like of all the fights that are ended the uh, by choke, the majority are rear naked choke. So it's like uh, then uh, the the validity of that argument kind of kind of dies real quick when you look at the numbers. So uh, maybe I'll, I'll put that in the link in the description if you guys want to see that. All right, so I guess this 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 doctor, I guess he tries to break down a lot of the different uh, the numbers and the, of the outcomes and stuff like that. So that was brought to my attention, and I thought that was something I'd want to share with you because it it kind of uh, gives more uh, like more power to Farmer Burns' argument. And so again, this is uh, back in the early 1900s, and this is definitely before uh, uh, Frank Gotch died. So Frank Gotch died in 1918. And so, of course, there's uh, images, you know, of him uh, doing demonstrations of techniques with Farmer Burns in his correspondence course. So before, before uh, Gotch died, before Gracie uh, Jiu-Jitsu was established. So this is uh, something really, I think it's a really interesting point in time. Uh, so uh, I think hopefully you guys are thinking this this point of view is really interesting. Okay, let's go ahead and continue. There's a couple more paragraphs, and I, I want to share all of them with you. Um, so we'll continue. So Farmer Burns again: the trained Japanese can attack or defend himself against a, an untrained man with great skill and ease. But this even more true of an expert catch as catch can wrestler. I have mentioned in a previous lesson the fact that even a prize fighter would have little chance against a good wrestler, for the wrestler knows how to bring his man into powerless positions and keep him there. So again, control and restrain, that's, that is a big thing in self-defense, okay? So just for your information, just so you know. Okay, so we'll go on to the next, um, uh, next paragraph. The students who follow my instructions carefully and who thoroughly master the various holds explained in my lessons will be provided with the best of all means of self-defense. And while there are many certain trick holds that are not touched upon, the student will find that he, is, that he has acquired practically everything and that any new holds will be only a variation or a different method of using the ones which I have explained. Read over this book with great care. You will find ample material in this book for many weeks of practice. And I wish to impress upon you again that the real practice is necessary, for you must know all these holds and defenses and be skilled in using them. 
Okay? They must be used as a matter of habit, almost second nature, and regular, careful practice will train you to use the proper hold at the proper time, just as unconsciously as you raise your hand or to ward off a blow that is directed at your face. You may thoroughly understand the holds and be able to work them out with your, with your companion, but this does not mean that you have mastered them. You are proficient only when you have practiced so much that one hold and defense follows the other unconsciously and naturally as the piano player strikes one note after another without stopping to reason or figure it out, All right? So again, martial arts, got the word art in there, right? So um, this is basically what he's talking about. And that's why you can easily relate the training to uh, another type of art. So playing music, right? So he's talking about piano in this case, um, but so that's what he says, training, you know, drilling, doing it over and over, but also sparring and all, you know, basically getting to where uh, it becomes just what you do without thinking, right? So a piano player uh, will, you know, train over and over so that the music comes out effortlessly and it sounds great. And again, so this is the one with regards to piano players, but even like a, all kinds of music, but you'll, you'll see where it's like, there's a difference between someone who maybe knows technique and can uh, play music, but then uh, then you see that there's gonna be the person who's different, who transcends all of that, where, where you really feel it, right? A lot of times they call it soul. Someone's got soul, right? That, uh, the music moves you differently. Whereas um, I think you can see it a lot in classical music because uh, you see many, many people uh, performing the same bit or the same piece of music, right? Because, you know, like, so the, uh, tons of people will record themselves playing Beethoven or, you know, or these other great uh, composers or great uh, music producers, right? So uh, you'll have many, many versions of that one piece so you can kind of see which one like moves you more or which one you feel like is more uh, uh, what shows more virtuosity, right? Where they're just playing it just right um, as opposed to something where it just seems so, I, I always want to say almost like staccato or stiff where it's just like, it's just technique, right? And so they're able to get through the piece, but uh, you're, not, you're not feeling it. It's not the art, right? So Herman Burns is talking about that here. Where it's like, yeah, you might know the technique. You might be able to get it on your friends, but you got you to gotta keep on doing it, keep on sparring, keep on drilling uh, until it becomes that, where it becomes your art, where you just, you just, uh, where you go, you go into that flow state, really. All right. So that's kind of the same where you have the virtuosity in any type of art. All right. So uh, I think that's kind of my main points. Um, but I found it interesting. <laughs> right, so I'm sure a lot of people uh, might be upset. But yeah, this is Farmer Burns' opinion uh, from a time before the Gracies even got like established, right? And again, so even with, his, uh, with Robert Drysdale, he's coming out with, or he's come out with his, uh, or he's been coming out with different videos where he's making interviews, where he's uh, making statements about like 
what you see practiced in the United States, Brazil, and uh, it's not too different and it's not necessarily too different from what was done in Farmer Burns' time because you can always find these old manuals uh, where they describe uh, moves that people are doing today or even old uh, photographs of, of showing what people are doing today or even some old, very old video <clears throat> of you know, people doing jujitsu, doing a lot of the same types of moves of what big time people are doing today. Um, so, uh, so there, right? <laughs> right? Okay, so let's go ahead and um, get to some of your comments here. Okay, so El Emonator 83, uh, pancreation from the gladiators, catches catch can very close before jujitsu. Uh, well, <clears throat> Catch's Catch Can doesn't have the punching and kicking or whatever, so that'd be the main difference. But again, uh, uh, like like Farmer Burns talks about, and even how you saw an example of militaries, not only U.S. military, but British as well, and probably even Australian or whatever, like uh, using uh, catch wrestling principles <clears throat> uh, to train their, their military. So uh, yeah, it can be self-defense, it could be sport as well that's kind of the really interesting thing about catch wrestling uh because it can be both sport and self-defense okay all right <clears throat> anime samurai i wish i could try training and catch wrestling but it doesn't exist where i am well hopefully well you're free to uh do our online catch wrestling alliance academy that's just in our uh, on our website <clears throat> Bring some more trainers to Australia. I'll train in it. Um, are you, uh, if you're, uh, um, if you're in Perth, then oh, it says you're in uh, Melbourne. Okay, well, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know anybody in Melbourne, <laughs> but there, Tommy Thomas Hilton is uh, in Perth, and so he trained in in the Snake Pit Wigan. His he trained as a boy, since he was a boy uh, in freestyle with Roy Wood. And um, he has since uh, transitioned to learning catch wrestling. And then he has since moved away from Wigan and is now in Perth, Australia. So he's the only person in Australia that I could recommend. Okay. All right. So. And thank you for the shout out, Red Jackson. Uh, good to see you here. Okay, so um, let me know if anybody else has any questions. Okay, so um, you wish, so El Emonator83, uh, thanks for the info. Wish your training was here. Let me see, where are you? Round Round Rock, Texas. Oh, in Round Rock, Texas, you only have jujitsu. Um, totally fine. In in Texas, shouldn't you have also some folk style? I think yeah. I think for those of you, especially if you're in the United States, um, if you can find uh, the the high school, a lot of times, like if your high school has uh, folk style wrestling, they often have um, like the alumni 
like so basically the people who already graduated they'll still want to train and stuff so uh, they'll have kind of groups like that where you can train in folk style as well i know that that's done in some of the schools here around la uh, where the, the the people who already graduated the adults right uh, they'll still be training right and so sometimes they can use the the high school facility so just you try to find out what what is going on around you, especially if you're in the United States, because because there's a chance one of the high schools around you has folk style. The one closest to me does not have does not have it. So, so in a way, yeah. So catch wrestling, or I mean, folk style wrestling in particular isn't done in every high school, but um, but in many still, and that's that kind of shows like a little bit about the um, the danger of, of wrestling going away. We have some universities that have uh, like cut out their, their wrestling programs, uh, which is really unfortunate because uh, wrestling should be an avenue to get higher education, right? So um, those, those spots are getting lost. So we got we to support even folk style, right? Because folk style is much safer for children than, um, than catch wrestling. All right. Okay. So let me know if you have any other questions. <clears throat> there are a bunch of people watching right now. So feel free to chat. Um, I'm open to any kind of questions. Uh, Farmer Burns definitely would be, you would want to consider him an expert. Um, one of the things I thought that was interesting and what he stated was he, he called wrestling American wrestling, but he did have a match uh, that really shaped his life. And that was against a British wrestler, right? Tom Connors. Um, so that was basically considered the guy who brought uh, catch wrestling to the, or at least the lineage of catch wrestling to Farmer Burns. And he beat Burns uh, when he was here in the United States. So um, I do know there's, there's basically some small stylistic differences between what the British do and what the Americans do or what the Americans have done with catch wrestling. But I mean, again, ultimately there's really uh a lot like like i'll put it this way so it's like even though i had a tremendous amount of experience with the british style of catch wrestling when i uh, trained with my good friend john strickland uh, of the american lineage a farmer burns lineage there's a there's a tremendous amount of overlap right so then that means that it's like we can tell that the the root is the same right so um I think maybe you can think of that where it's like uh, if you go to any jujitsu jitsu school, I mean, you're going to learn, even though they might be calling themselves like different, different names and the schools, different, the, the different academies have different names, then um, you'll still have some of the same fundamental techniques, right, that, uh, that you'll, that'll let you know that it's like jujitsu. Yeah, so let me see. So we've got another question here. Of the 15% of fights ending in a choke, I wonder how many chokes were against wrestlers, right? They definitely weren't um, against like a catch wrestler of a Farmer Burns status. That's I can tell you that because there really aren't anybody like that. Uh, but none of them against, were against Sakuraba. Was, <laughs> um, let me see. Uh, 
Thank you. I love the art of catch wrestling. I'm a Thai boxer looking up catch wrestling and Luta Libre. Okay, yeah, Luta Libre, again, seems pretty good because it does have like that catch wrestling uh, root kind of, but I'd still say emphasize the pins because that's what was kind of stripped from Luta. Uh, so I would really emphasize the or for you, like if you're coming from a Thai boxing background, again, that top-down approach should be what you're what you should be used to since you since in Thai boxing it has what, what you guys call dumps, right? The takedowns of, of Thai boxing. Uh, go down with them. As you kick them down, you know, still try to keep hold of like say the arm or whatever, or catch the leg, take them down. Uh, you can either go down with them or you can, tr if you're, if they go down and you're still standing, you can try different leg, leg locks or whatever, um, but try to stay on top, all right? So keep that top, that top pressure. Okay, so Frank Trigg accounts for a few choke finishes. Sakuraba was my favorite fighter in the days of pride. Yeah, he's still legendary. Um, yeah, with the, I think even UFC is coming out with a documentary about him, just, uh, uh, you know, just praising him. And he really, um, yeah, he, his legend lives on. And, plus, you know, guy's still alive, right? <laughs> he's actually still uh, participating in some grappling events. He's, you know, he, he helped develop quintet and all that. So, um that's a pretty cool, pretty cool thing. So the guy's really active. Just a great, seems like a great guy overall. I haven't met him. All right, we'll keep on asking questions or keep on making your comments. Um, well, I'll stay on a couple more minutes as long as you guys ask stuff. They pretty much uh, stated my, my, I stated my, my piece and then I, uh, Let's, let's see how you guys react. Um, yeah, but going back to the whole Thai, Thai boxing thing, that's why, you know, I really see that more similar to the, the Sanda or the Chinese kickboxing, where you'll have your, like Sanda has more of the, the takedown, a little bit, it's more developed than in Muay Thai, um, but what you have in Muay Thai should be your foundation uh, to your approach of grappling and um, your your stand-up, like your striking ability should get you pretty far because uh, especially right now in MMA, they're really emphasizing strikers. They want people to get the knockout and stuff like that. So um, that, that's what they're looking for. Right? If, if MMA is your thing, then uh, they're definitely looking for people. They're looking for the knockouts. Right. So that's why it's cool that, um, say, like, a, was it Bryce Mitchell, that some some fighters like that can still, um, like, he's actually throwing some kicks and stuff like that, but he still aggressively goes for the takedown. Um, but, yeah, like, not everyone's like that. You know, a lot of times, like they say nowadays, we're, we're going to stand and bang and all that. So uh, <laughs> uh, you'll even get some some people with the Division One wrestling background, say, like Tyrone Woodley kind of standing and banging. Right? So, um um, so it's not necessarily the case that wrestler does, uh, um, does much, right? Yeah. All right. So I think we'll go ahead and, um, we'll go ahead and end it here.
So feel free to continue asking questions. Uh, we also have the Catch Wrestling Alliance Academy, our online academy. You can also become a member of this channel um, just by clicking the button below this image where it says join. And you can support it even at $2 or we have a bunch of uh, videos that are um, like really cool stuff like um, uh, some of the, like we did a presentation in the home of Frank Gotch uh, in the park that he used to train at. Uh, that's all there. Um, yeah, a bunch of different things are there. And some more like even the Khabib breakdown is like four videos. So we posted two publicly and two for members. Uh, all that stuff is there. And we'll, just conti we'll continue to uh, try to give some special content for, for members as well. Right. Let's see. I said, thank you, coach. Just see, like, yeah, <clears throat> jujitsu and yeah, jujitsu can, or um, catch wrestling and Muay Thai can mix pretty well. All right. Okay. Let's go ahead and end it here. All right. Thank you for listening and let's try to keep real wrestling alive.